What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, I've got an amazing guest. She did, get this, 18 deals in her first year in real estate, specializing in new construction, by the way, which is a very difficult uh, part of real estate to break in for many. So to do 18 in one year is amazing. Welcome to the show, Rachel Toda. Welcome, Rachel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so amazing first year, 18 deals. Uh, how'd you do it? Um, it's been an incredible year. Um, I honestly, I credit all of it to just staying grounded in my faith, connecting with my family, and then just really pressing into just amazing people on this team for whenever I need help. Mm-hmm. So that's, okay, so grounded in your faith, connected mm-hmm. to family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've interviewed tons of agents. Um, I don't. I don't think most kind of go there first for yeah. why they had so much success. So can yes. you connect that a little bit more? Absolutely. For us? So, for the first year of real estate, obviously, you know, it's incredibly stressful. It's very unpredictable, and a lot of people in their first year really see a decline in their mental health. Um, actually, my education background is actually in psychology. Um, and then how psychology affects business. So I was very mindful of that coming into my first year. And so I realized that in order to sustain a successful business, I had to sustain a successful mindset. And so the best way for me to do that was to stay consistent with my faith um, through prayer, pressing into my church community, but then also um, keeping a good support system, which is my family and my friends. Um, and then also pressing into my work family as well. So especially my mini team within KST. So you had the spiritual connections, Mm -hmm. the family connections, and Mm -hmm. and really real estate can cause declines in mental health, not just your first year, really. Yeah, at any time, yeah. I don't think it it necessarily uh, goes away. It it, it can be stressful Mm -hmm. uh, for sure for the clients and then they bring that to you, right? Yeah. So, so. I think a lot of it is just the unpredictability, um, especially when you're first starting out. Um, I actually wasn't from the DC metro area originally, so my sphere of influence wasn't something that I naturally built just over living in an area of over years of time. Um, so where most agents are able to very easily tap into you know, who they know in their community, who they've grown up with, their friends. Um, That was very different for me in this area because I moved here as a young professional. So um, I had to learn a lot of different strategies to be able to to build a client base. Um, And a lot of that can be very unpredictable. So I found that a lot of it is just staying consistent, but then also making sure that you have a great support system as well for when you, for mental health reasons. So what were the strategies you used 
to get clients, 18 of them. <laughs> yes. So what I ended up doing was when I went through the training here at KST, which was absolutely amazing, um, right afterwards, I took a minute to assess where my natural strengths are and then where my natural weaknesses are. My natural strengths are talking to people one-on-one -on -one in person. That's a huge strength of mine. So I knew that right out the gate, I really needed to rely heavily on that while I was building up areas where I'm maybe not the best. So talking over the phone, for some reason, I'm not the best at. Um, and then also um, a lot of technical, um, like data prospecting as well, that's not something I'm the best at either. Um, so when I first hopped out the gate, I knew something that I needed to press into was being able to do open houses, being able to do networking events, um, and just being able to press more into my community with with different ways that I was involved because I knew I would get a lot of clients from there, which I ended up getting like two thirds of my clients from open houses this year. How did um, you? How did you? do that or, or figure out how to do that at open houses yeah i have always had just a natural ability to just talk to people and connect with them it brings me joy so when i am hosting an open house i've kind of gotten it down to a science as to like when i get into the open house um i tour the home first um i get there super early so that i can tour everything myself and see see the eyes through the client and ask myself what would someone tell me isn't good about this house so that then I could try to problem solve before people even walk in the door. Um, and I think the biggest mindset I have is all of the people coming into your open house probably aren't gonna buy your open house because this house is just gonna get one buyer. Right. So I need to find that one buyer out of everyone, but then I also need to create a space where people feel welcomed into my business and they feel um, confident in my ability to help and support them moving forward, not to sell them something, but feel welcomed into my business and welcomed into the support that I could provide them. And what kind of role did the training, because you mentioned that, mm -hmm. uh, play in getting you prepped for those open houses? Yes. So like I said, I had a lot of previous experience and just a natural ability to talk with others. But what the training really provided was a refinement of that which was amazing for myself because I needed to know what are the words that we utilize? What are the best ways to speak to people, not to sell them something, but to make them feel comfortable? Because oftentimes your intention with what you're saying, you can, you can, it could be totally different than what someone's perceiving. So you can think that you're creating a welcoming environment, but someone else might feel that you're trying to sell them something. So for myself, coming out of training, what Carrie crafted was, how do we utilize our speech and communication and body language in these moments to create welcoming spaces for clients so that they trust you and then you can take them all the way through the process of buying their next home? Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. the, the the numbers speak for themselves. Like the, like the training works. We had Chris on an episode we, we just, or not Chris, uh, Rob <laughs> on an episode that we just uh, recorded yes. recently, I think, He's going to do 30 in his first year. You're at mm -hmm. 18. Like, like these are monster kind of numbers people are, are putting up after taking this training. And um, by the way, that training is something we're going to talk about at the Hyperfast Summit in Boca Raton, Florida on February 1st and 2nd. And it's important not just for obviously solo agent production, mm -hmm. but, but at the summit, we're really focused on teaching team leaders or people that want to be team leaders how to recruit hire and train people to scale a business that doesn't just you know help you sell more homes but also does it in a way that maintains your lifestyle so you need to be able to scale repeatable processes 
we will show you how that training works and how to train your team with that training. You can go to hfasummit.com for tickets information. Again, that's hfasummit.com for the Hyperfast Summit in Boca Raton, Florida on February 1st and 2nd. Uh, yeah, so the training uh, obviously helped you really take your natural abilities, what you yes. were good at, and mm-hmm. kind of put it on steroids, I guess. Yes, Because you close, you said two-thirds. That's like 12 deals you did from opens. So that's like once yeah. a month you're just cranking yeah. out of closing from opens in your first year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that will increase in year two because you've probably built up, you know, not everyone's in that 30-day, 90-day, six-month cycle. Some of them are right. a year, two years out, mm-hmm. right? You're going to... It's gonna it's gonna grow exponentially. Yes, definitely. My my goal for next year is to hit at a minimum of thirty six for next year, um, but I'm hoping to definitely exceed that. I would say that um, when it comes to open houses, I've heard I heard so much coming into my first year that open houses were a waste of time. Just looking at the numbers, they are not a waste of time. Um, I think what becomes a waste of time well, is that's, if you... That's, that's people that aren't good at them Yeah, that, I know. That's right? what I was going to say. Or they don't, like, don't, try to, don't put the work in to get I good think at them say that. You can't just show up to an open house and sit there and expect something to happen. It's You have to utilize those moments to your advantage. And it was like I was saying, it's, it's about creating spaces where people feel welcomed into your business and welcomed into your brand, and they build a certain amount of credibility so they understand, okay, this person can support me through the process. Um, And so I think it's really about, again, going back to training, you have to connect with people who are good at it in order for it to be successful. I heard, I mean, even from agents right when I ended training, they were like, you know, open houses, yeah, you'll get some good leads. You'll never sell the open house that you're in. I sold the open house I was in three times this year. Oh, wow. Like, I sold the wow. house, like, three times this year, and some of them had agents already, and they decided to work with me after only knowing me for 20 minutes. Wow. So, it so really... So, they had an agent, probably, that yeah. never took the time to explain the buyer-broker agreement and, and actually yeah. have an official relationship, which, that's another part of our training, is like yeah. have that conversation up front, go over the buyer-broker agreement... Mm-hmm. Uh, uncover the objections at that time and, yes. and really formalize what the relationship between you and the, the buyer will be. Yeah, and I think that um, the way that I view the the buyer's agreement is a little bit different than a lot of other agents, which is why so many agents are afraid to get them signed. Um, if you really read through, it's a great protection to your buyers. So that's why I take it so seriously. It's not a protection for myself or a protection for my income. That's not, I mean, that's a, a tool that it could be used for. But the first and foremost, it's a protection for buyers, that they understand that they're getting credible information, that they understand that they're in an official relationship with someone who's going to only act in their best interest. And so it's actually beneficial for your clients to be signing it and working with you, and there's no risk to them. So I think uh, there does need to, in some cases, be a shift in how people look at that. Yeah, no, there really is no no risk to them. Like Yeah, there's no uh, downside. They can in almost all cases, get out of them if, if they don't want to work with you anymore. We certainly have never really used it to hold someone hostage, right? If right, they're exactly. about something. Uh, and I've, you know, I've seen thousands of transactions. I don't, I don't know if I've ever even heard of, a, like, a broker going after a buyer because they want yeah. to cancel, right? Like, 
So it's, yeah, absolutely. I do think not. it is like a very low risk thing. For Definitely, buyers. and it's it's low risk and incredibly high reward because you get a seasoned agent behind your back that's going to be guiding you through the process. And it's, I mean, I've been even able to talk with my friends and family who have gone through the buying process in different states, um, and they now have a completely different view of working with a seasoned agent. Hold that thought for a second. Do you struggle with how to scale your real estate business without trading your most valuable asset, your time, for money? If so, Carrie and I want to help you. Since March of 2020, we have doubled our sales and tripled our profit. And we want to help you grow your real estate business in a smart way at the Hyperfast Summit in Boca Raton, Florida on February 1st and 2nd. 2022. We're bringing together top real estate leaders to help agents from all over the world. Go to hfasummit.com for tickets. Again, that's hfasummit.com for tickets. So you mentioned earlier the mini team that <laughs> you're on. So, you know, we, we, we really started this mini team concept now, which I think there's over 10 or maybe even 12 people that, that have switch from being a solo agent mm -hmm. to having a mini team. Amy was the first and, and we had Brooke who came on as her partner agent. Uh, she was on episode 193. If, if you're you know listening and want to go back and listen to, to Brooke talk about being the first uh, partner agent, uh, that was episode 193. And then uh, I think Amy brought on Abby next yep. correct mm -hmm. and her role yeah so what ended up happening was brooke brooke really flourished and she was at a point in her business where she was able to be a solo agent within um like within that mini team so brooke went from being a partner agent to amy to branching off to be her solo agent within our mini team and then um abby came on to our team to be that direct support to amy as well so, so Abby was number three. Mm -hmm. Now we have uh, you on the show, the, the fourth yes, uh, person four. on the team. <laughs> and I, I think there's there's a fifth now, right? Um, yes, uh, we Drew. actually have six. Oh, really? um, yeah, we brought oh, on a, we someone. brought on a new one just okay. about a week ago. Um, so we did. We brought on Drew as a solo agent as well within our team. Um, and then we also brought on a former ISA on our team. Um, he's transitioning. His name's James. So he's transitioning to be um, a support to Amy and Abby, but then also to be training directly under the expertise of our team so that he can then start building a solo business himself. Yeah, so describe uh, for you what it was mm -hmm. like coming on as the fourth person on Amy's mini team, you know, which is uh, under under the Carrie Scholl team here, yes. of course. But how, how did that process help you? And, and um, Yes, my, my business took an exponential shift when I joined Amy's team. Um, I, I was doing what I knew to do, staying consistent, um, doing the open houses, doing other sort of lead generation as well, and was closing deals. Um, but then when I was approached by Amy to join her team, uh, it was really under the um, a need and a lack that was happening on the team. They had, as you know, taken on a huge project with listing um, all of Hyperfast's um, new construction builds in DC. And they really needed to be able to scale their mini team so that we can provide as much support to both buyers and the selling side as possible. Um, and then with that, I was able to also learn from Amy and then learn from um, her expertise. So 
it has been incredible. Like circling back to what I talked about in the beginning about faith, family, and then pressing into your work family. My mini team, we are we are a family. Um, we talk on a daily basis. On we have a group chat, like a group text, where we can ask questions, um, provide feedback and support to one another. Um, and it really is a game changer when you have experienced agents in your corner that you could say, "Hey, I've never come across this before." talk to me about your expertise in this region and then go from there. And that's, that's been an absolute game changer to my business. What, what is the, uh, since, since we'll probably never get Amy to come on the show, <laughs> she, she likes, she likes to stay hidden. Um, what's the team goal? overall team goal, mini team goal for, for next year, for, for 2020. For next year, we actually have a meeting on Monday, so okay. stay tuned for that. Uh, I believe it is going to be somewhere close to 200. It's going to be somewhere between, I think, 175 and 200 for so, next year. So six of you doing mm -hmm. like 200? Yeah. Wow. That's just staggering to think about. Yeah. <laughs> So it's going to be somewhere that we, so the thing with our team, we like to set high goals for ourselves so that it pushes us on a daily basis. Um, all of us pretty much in our, our businesses, we kind of fly under the radar, um, but we, we post big numbers. Um, and I think the biggest thing with Amy is her, her style is also about protecting your mental health and protecting your work-life harmony. Um, I've I actually made a shift from saying work-life balance because that's a equal, equal, like, Right. 50 50 thing um, where I think like work life harmony is more of a just a, a balance between everything that you're doing. Um, but she's it. That's a huge part of our mini team business. Um, and so every week we actually meet and talk about, you know, what was our win for the week, whether it was personal, whether it was professional and then also something we struggled with so that we could support one another. Um, and Amy's big thing is you need to enjoy enjoy the moments you're busy and you also need to enjoy and have gratitude for the moments that you're slow because you're about to get busy again. So um, joining the mini team I have found has been incredible for my mental health and then also bringing on new agents like Drew and now James. Um, they're entering into a culture, not hustle culture, but let's do an amazing job culture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think the whole, uh, I like to call it hustle porn. Um, yeah. There's all, there's all these influencers saying like grind 24 seven and like, yeah, I, it's I, actually, I just, I just don't think, it, I don't think it's yeah. sustainable long term. You can't, if you actually look at it, you, you cannot best serve your clients and best serve your business. If you're constantly operating on half a tank. It, it actually can't happen. So the best way to actually protect your business and best serve your clients and actually scale your business faster is to actually spend time and create spaces where you can rest and breathe and recharge, um, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and that's, that is something second half of the year that I took very seriously um, because I, I did kind of fall victim to the the hustle mentality of we have to grind every day from eight in the morning till midnight. And I was pulling way too many of those days. I burned out kind of halfway through the year. Um, and I really took a minute to step back, spoke with Amy and was like, Hey, we just need to build a more sustainable workflow. Um, and then I saw my business more naturally evolve. And then that's when I ended up getting top agent in, um, August was actually when I structured time for rest. I actually was doing better in my business. Yeah. I think, mm -hmm. I think it's, it you know, hugely important. And if, if you don't do it and, 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 and I think you can, you can, you can go hard 
in spurts and for oh, yeah, certain definitely. periods of times mm-hmm. and, and and you may need to but yes, you can't you, you can't do it all at the time you know it's like an athlete you know i've, I've done seven iron mans now and you, you kind of like ramp up for those and, mm-hmm. and the intensity builds up and then you do the race and then mm-hmm. you know if you, if you went right back into training and like took no recovery like eventually you'd you'd break down and even right. even the pro athletes you know they're gonna take a couple of weeks off a year where they right. just like do nothing and it's it's just as much a physical break or mental break as it is physical I think, yes as, as well so it's, yeah um, the way i look at it is um so i work with a personal trainer um and a just even in between sets there's about one minute to a, a minute and 15 seconds before we go hard again and that's how i look at my business is that on is that every day there needs to be a few minutes of again pressing into my family pressing into my faith pressing into my work family and that i because i made that a priority i was able to scale my business the way that i have yeah you, you have to have that balance let's talk for a minute about new construction you've yes. mentioned that um and i, and I think you really came in and, and started doing new construction open houses. Yes. Um, and that that's kind of led to, 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 you know, 12 of those deals that you had. And, you know, we, with Hyperfast Development, we've got, you know, over 100 or so units that will deliver next year. So probably mm-hmm. a lot more um, new construction yes. opportunities It makes for me so you. excited to think about all the people that are going to – because that doesn't mean just 100-plus homes. That's like 100-plus families moving into those homes. So it's like – and, like, huge hats off to Hyperfast because they're not just building homes. Like, they're building pla- they're building spaces for people to thrive, which is what gets me excited about new construction. Yeah, and that's, that, that has been fun to build. Like, we've, we've it's, you know, it's benefited a lot of people, like the people that will live in those homes, mm-hmm. the sales team. We've got yeah. – over a hundred investors, um, almost just through word of mouth, social media, past clients, that kind of thing, that have mm-hmm. you know invested with us to help do that. Like I think it's almost fifteen million in in equity. We're probably closed out on, on that for a while, actually, but we've been able to provide um, you know really good preferred returns. We've got a fifteen percent level of, of preferred returns that we offer. Um, we are probably, you know, sold out on that, but if, if you are interested, uh, the best thing now, probably just connect with me on Instagram at the Dan Lesniak and, and DM me there. Uh, but that, that has been just, just fun to see the ripple effects mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's like, yeah. you, you get the money from the bank, raise money from investors. Now you've got construction crews that have work, mm-hmm. uh, project managers that have work, yeah. real estate team that, that has, you know, more homes to sell, mm-hmm. families that are going to be moving in there. Yeah. Um, what's different about selling a new construction home than... Oh, goodness. Where do I start? You know, a resale. <laughs> um, it is definitely different. Um, and obviously, this was my first year of real estate. So I was brand new to the concept of new construction and what is it that we need to do differently in these situations, which is why relying on Amy was, was so helpful. Um, but I mean it comes down to a plethora of different things. Um, I always kind of see new construction as all stars aligning um, because you have to have not just the homes built, but in order to get the homes built, you have to have the money to have the homes built. And then you also have to work with suppliers to get all of the supplies at the right time. And um, and then you're working with clients from day one, walking through, there's not even walls in the place yet. And you're walking through and, um, for me, I 
I love describing a space and what it can be. So that's what one of my favorite parts is walking through a building when there's no walls, there's nothing, it's just studs and then just talking to them about the vision of what this will be and getting them excited. Um, but there are that's, some that's things, a harder yeah. sale. You know, yeah, just, it's definitely harder. Like you're not, there's you're not nothing selling there. what's there. <laughs> you're, you're selling, selling them on an idea. <laughs> what's there plus a vision. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or a piece of paper. Because you're some walking pictures. into these places and it's sawdust and cords and wood and you have to you have to convey the excitement that the architect had when he was building these plans and they can't see it and most people i have learned are not visual people so i'm walking into homes and i'm like i i have i mean you have to be very physical in how you show people spaces um so that's actually when i've started leading training i've and we've gone over how to do open houses or just what we do during showings i've talked about you have to get physical in the spaces and um talk loudly with you know your body language to show people how the spaces are going to be filled. Um, but I mean, even post, um, post construction, you'd think that's where it ended, but then there has to be city permitting and there has to be different things. So all these different pieces have to align. And then it's a huge push and everyone gets to the closing table at the same time, especially like with hyperfast, we're developing buildings. Um, so it works a little bit different, but it's been very exciting and I really enjoy it. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you have a client that needs to buy or sell a home in the DMV area? then why not trust the highest selling team in the DMV, the Carrie Scholl team? We've helped thousands of buyers and sellers and would love to help your clients. And we guarantee we will save them time, money, and stress throughout the process. And they will be so grateful that you referred them to us. Go to carriescholl.com to learn more. Again, that's carriescholl.com to learn more about sending us your clients that need to buy or sell a home in the DMV area. That's carrysholl.com. You know, where there's challenges, there's opportunities, there's learning, there's, yes, there's growth. 100%. And I'm sure it's, especially building in this environment, you mentioned, <laughs> um, you know, supply chain and, and yeah. stuff like that. It's a like, real thing. <laughs> you know, there are appliances stuck in a container ship sitting, sitting off of Long Beach because yeah. truck drivers don't want to drive into California because their their logbooks get inspected too much compared to other states. So there's yeah. all sorts so of there's, issues we're working so through. So many, so many stars aligning. And yeah. that's and I think um, for agents who are pressing into new construction, the biggest thing that you can do, especially if you're working on the buy side, is is being able to support your clients in setting the expectation early. So when you are going through those initial walkthroughs, being able to, yes, get them excited for the space, get them excited for what's to come and their home that they will be moving into. But you also have to set healthy expectations that, um, you know, it's not a machine that's building this house. These are human beings. There's human beings that are dealing with supply chain. There's um, and there's human beings in the city that are dealing with permitting. So if this is the right home for you, which I believe it is, we need to have a certain amount of patience and resilience through this process as well. And I think that setting that expectation ahead of time mm. is what's gonna make you more successful in selling new construction because then you're not backtracking and halfway through the process when maybe something gets delayed or something happens or a hiccup occurs, you're not backtracking. So, and trying to say, oh, well, like this just happens. Or um, if you're honest and supporting by um, setting the expectation ahead of time, it's going to be a smoother transaction down the road. What role, if any, has social media mm-hmm. played? Do you, do you use 
yes, social media in role. your business, and, and if so, how? Yes, um, I one of my biggest goals for this year is establishing um, a professional um, and cohesive social media presence. And so I think, I, I mean, I utilize my social media on a daily basis, not because, again, it's a, a natural thing that I love doing, um, but I see the huge benefit in how I can benefit my clients and benefit my community by utilizing it. Um, so I took a lot of time to, um, to design content um, that I can utilize repeatedly throughout the year, um, get on a great posting schedule. Um, and then also I, I polled my followers and said, what is it that you want to see? Do you wanna see more professional content of home tours and ratifications and all of this stuff? Or, or do you wanna see more of my life? And it was, I think it was like 98% said, we wanna see your personal life. life. Yeah. And so, (laughs) yeah, so it was cool because I was able to kind of divide my social media. And when I post on stories and things like that, I'm able to connect with others, which is what I love doing um, and just show my personal life. And then when I'm, you know, posting other content, being able to post things that are going to be educational, um, inspiring. And I found that that's incredibly helpful. What, what platforms are you on? What platforms can people yeah, find you? So I utilize, I mean, Instagram is what I utilize heavily. Um, and then I do get traffic from Instagram as well. Um, I also utilize, I have it synced to a professional Facebook page as well for myself. Um, I do like to also utilize LinkedIn. I know people think it's like outdated or whatever, but like you have amazing qualified young professionals that are ready to buy, are ready to sell. So it's an amazing platform. And then I also, the huge thing that I decided to do this year was also press into our marketing team here with the Carrie Schultz team, because I mean, I'm able to collaborate with them to help build Carrie's brand, but then also help to touch more lives as well, because I'm able to provide education. When leads come in, I'm able to then help them walk through the process as well. Um, so that's a huge portion of what I've been what doing about, as well. What about TikTok? Okay, I tried TikTok. <laughs> I really did. My thing is, is that I'm not technologically very savvy, which is like mm. one of my, my natural weaknesses. So it's something I've been working on, but I haven't mastered it yet. Yeah, I think the key there is, is, to, is to kind of pick a niche and mm-hmm. make content. Yes just in that niche definitely that's what i felt i feel like with instagram they want to see you more holistically and they want they want to see your business they want to see your professional life they want to hear everything but with TikTok, i i feel that the way that you scale on TikTok is you you have you have to have a thing and it has to be very pinpointed and very specific and you can't deviate yeah like 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 Probably with, with the access to all the new construction condos you have in D.C., like if you were just like the D.C. new construction right. person a great idea. on TikTok, um, you know, making three, four, five reels a day, you know, 15, mm-hmm. 30 second type videos. Yeah. I, I could see that uh, blowing up. It's it's just the, or, the organic reach on there far surpasses. Yes. 100%. Any of the other platforms. And, yeah. And, and I, I think that'll change. Too, yeah. I, I think they will continue to throttle it down there's more and more advertisers mm-hmm. on there now so i don't i don't know if that organic reach will yeah last forever but it's it's insane like one of my videos um this is back when i had less than 100,000 followers i think we just crossed 300 there um on that platform but 
one of the videos I did with Elisa. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got like 5.9 million views. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's just not possible on like Instagram or YouTube typically. Right. Right? Unless you have like a massive exactly. following. Like, exactly. Yeah. If you're like a Kardashian, you can do that. But if, if you're not, good luck. But on TikTok, you can, you know, you're you can have almost no followers, and your first video goes yeah. viral, right? Or, or some video you do goes viral, and millions of people. It's incredible do it. if you if you look through the data on what TikTok has done over you know from when the platform was created until now, and then how professionals have been able to leverage that platform. It's absolutely incredible. So you'll probably just have to do a tutorial with me on how to make TikTok stand. Yeah, the, the video <laughs> editing platform on there, I, I think, is better than Instagram yeah. on the reels side. Um, it's probably a lot easier to use than um, Adobe or I, I don't know what, what, what video platforms do you guys use? Adobe. Adobe. Yeah. Premier, yeah. yeah. So, so it's, it's way easier mm-hmm. than, than that stuff. They've, they've built a pretty good video platform and they've mm-hmm. they're always kind of testing rolling out new features like at first it was 15 seconds then it went to a minute now i think you can some people can do three or maybe even more and they've incorporated the lives on there now yes. so mm-hmm. it's it's overall pretty cool platform and I, I more and more people are using it but i still think it's kind of in the earlier Stages. I, I agree. I think it is. Like if you if you do go on, you will notice that there are like slightly more ads. Like second half of the year, I've noticed right. it's picked up a little bit. But I mean, almost the entire majority of it is still just individuals making content. And I think what's really important too, especially as agents. I mean, whatever field you're in, but especially as agents, that again, circling back to protecting your mental health during this job, is that um, I think it's just a a perspective shift that utilizing social media is not always about just you you have to share your wins and you have to be perfect and it, it it's not comparison culture but if you look at posting content as i'm serving my community and i'm helping mm-hmm. to touch lives it's going to motivate you to do it more and it's also going to protect your mental health because you're not going to subject yourself to comparison you're going to then celebrate your colleagues or celebrate people on other teams that are finding successes as well and so that's what i have found has kind of protected people's mental health during this time is just just a shifted perspective before we post well this has been great really enjoyed our our talk today and just hearing your story and 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 really like how you you had this Harmony, as you like to mm-hmm. call it, uh, you know, work-life harmony, uh, protecting your mental health while doing 18 deals in your first year. Uh, before we wrap up, I always like to end with a hyper-fast round if you're ready for some rapid-fire questions and answers. Oh, yeah, cool. absolutely. All right, you look ready. I'm so ready. I'm What's your ready. biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Biggest piece of advice, uh, press into people that know way more than you do. What is the most common mistake you see experienced real estate agents make? Uh, getting comfortable. What's your um, or what's been the biggest challenge for you in your first year in real estate? How'd you overcome it? Uh, biggest challenge in real estate was um, building my own sphere of influence clients. A uh, way that I overcame that was um, being able to connect with the clients I was working with in such a way that they were then referring me, their friends, their family in the area. Uh, when you're not selling homes, what what are you doing for fun? 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, so I love to go to the farmer's market. Anyone who watches my social media knows every Saturday you will find me at the farmer's market. Um, I love cooking. So I'm very big about sustainable agriculture and also then being able to cook with sustainable, sustainable produce. All right. Last question. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Uh, five years from now, I would love to have a family and then also be able to build something for that family as well. Um, and just enjoying my life. Same as now, except even better. Awesome. Well, I uh, look forward to, to watching that happen. Uh, if people want to connect with you, have questions about buying or selling a home, uh, how should they do that? Yes. So um, best way to do that um, is either send me a direct text to area code 570-536-4218. Um, or you can connect with me on Instagram at Toda Real Estate. And that's T-O-D-A Real Estate. Um, and you can connect with me on um, uh, LinkedIn also at Rachel Toda. So it's just Toda Real Estate. Toda no, Real no Estate. No underscore. No. Thank just, you. Just that, Toda I, Real I always estate. think that's annoying when people... Yeah, why Put divide it up? It's like, it's, like it th it's, like, it's like three keys that you have to hit to get the underscore. Yeah, to, just to make it simple. Total real estate. All right, well, connect with Rachel. Thank you so much, uh, everyone who listened. Tune in to this show. Please leave us some feedback, comments. Share this episode with people that you think could benefit. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.